drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Trumbier, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm your host, Eric Okery. We are here on a Wednesday talking Detroit Lions, as we always do, twice a week, and... This is the time of the month where Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions comes on. I mean, he's been pounding out some articles recently. He's coming back on the show. And and I'm so glad to have him for these shows because we're talking dollars that make sense here on the show. I've been doing some different position groups. Today, me and Logan are going to talk wide receivers and corners. Logan, how you doing this week? Oh, doing good. Just uh, enjoying the weeks and, you know, counting down. Got the countdown already for... For training camp and I'm just you know ready to go because this time of year a lot of a lot of projections a lot of uh speculation and rankings and it's all fun but you know after a certain point it's like let's just get on the football field so we're getting close exactly and this is a show me and you you know we take a lot of pride in the draft and you know trying to figure out who they're going to go in free agency you you've definitely flaked out on me on fantasy football that's where i always try to get you to (laughs) to put your actual wisdom to a test but most like most people you say you're too busy can't keep so i I let you get off the hook on that but today we're going to talk some dollars and cents hopefully some contracts for the detroit lions that make sense and uh yeah we're going to make sense of it for all the people out there so before we get to that man i got a couple things off the top that i just got to get your opinion on when i knew logan was coming on the show i was like man i got to get his thoughts on this logan a few days ago just before we got recording one of the greatest pieces probably the greatest piece of media in the history of the detroit lions franchise came out and that was a 37 minute behind the scenes nfl draft piece they put out i mean we got brad holmes we had dan freaking campbell we had high fives we had bear hugs we had um talks of trades all types of things i mean this was just absolutely tremendous i mean i'm going to talk more about it on my thursday believe in lion show on the believe podcasting network you guys can check that out find that on your favorite podcast platform i'm gonna break it all down for the entire show but logan i know you saw this i know you got a couple quick opinions what'd you think yeah i mean really overall it was just amazing i felt like the lions really got all the players that they really coveted and Obviously, we, we already knew about the whole Penny Sewell uh, situation with, where that was the Lions guy, and they were just hoping that he fell, and he did. But really, all the players that they had, you know, who knows what the Lions cut out and if, you know, Brad Holmes and Campbell were saying this about other players, but it always seemed like they had a guy in mind they wanted for their next pick, and they were just hoping he was there. And every single player that they picked <laughs> met that criteria where the, they were talking about this player. and. You hear Brad Holmes, you know, talking about Amonra St. Brown to, to Sheila, you know, like in the third round saying like, that's our guy, you know, we can still get him in the next round. 
And it's just like every one of those players, they, they got who they really wanted it. And that's good because uh, I imagine every draft is not like that. And always after the fact, you know, after the draft's done, you always hear GM say, it's like, Oh yeah, we got all the guys we wanted, but you never really believe them. But, and even Holmes, like when he said that after this draft, I'm like, I, I really wonder if that's the case or not. And it sure seemed like with video evidence that all the players they got were the guys they really wanted. So that was good to see. It was great to see behind the scenes. You always wonder what goes on in the draft room and how things are conducted. I'm sure every team is a little bit different, but uh, you know, you could tell they did their homework ahead of time and they were pretty comfortable with players they wanted to target. And they came away with those guys and they had a very structured and knew exactly what they wanted to do. And they got all their players. So it was, it was a really cool video and 37 minutes of just hearing you know, their draft philosophies is just blows my mind, especially coming from the past regime who was super closed off and was like pulling teeth, getting information out of them. Exactly, man. And, you know, Dan freaking Campbell kept saying, we're getting guys we love and we're still going to wait and see if these guys can produce on Sundays and play out on the football field. But they were fired up. They got guys they loved. And like you said, not only had a plan, had targets as well as knew how to work the draft room. Like that's the one thing I've been giving Brad Holmes credit for. He's very um, smart, loves football, but he has that sense of aura about him where he can, he can, you know, get with the other GMs and and wheel and deal a little bit and and, and kind of knows how to work that that whole game as well as be a leader with guys like Dorsey and you know an alpha like Dan Campbell and all these guys around him. Like he just seemed like he knew what he was doing, knew what he wanted, and worked the room. And I absolutely loved it. So like I said, more coming from me on that. I'm going to talk about all the different things that were said, kind of little things I picked out that maybe people didn't miss but I, I just really loved it all the way around and like I said for all you Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there I mean go watch this video drink it in <laughs> absolutely um, Logan let me ask you this what the heck's going on with Todd Gurley man guy comes here the Lions say they want him now he's visiting other teams I think he said months ago I just tweeted out you can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakry I put out Todd Gurley said months and months ago he couldn't wait to announce a signing, and now we're months and months later, and it doesn't seem like he's signing with anyone. I mean, this guy's no, you know, number one running back anymore, but, I mean, what's the deal with this guy? I think the Lions are playing it right because I think they're interested. And, yeah, they would like to have him, but they're not going to overpay for him, especially because he'd probably be the third running back in the rotation. Uh, if that, you know, he could even be a camp body, depending on where – his body is at in terms of all of his injuries. And it's just the, that decline last year was, it was pretty evident uh, that he's just not the same running back that he used to be. And yeah, there's some familiarity with Brad Holmes. So Brad Holmes knows exactly what he is, but I'm just happy that they're not going all out to get Todd Gurley. They just cut carry on Johnson, who was, you know, somewhat of an injury concern and, you know, had kind of the, those injuries took their toll and the same with Todd Gurley. So it's like, I, I would prefer to see younger players get an opportunity over Gurley, but I can also see the aspect that, Hey, if Gurley just had a down season last year and he just maybe wasn't fully healthy or something was off and he can get it clicking here in Detroit, it could be a major steal. So I'm, I'm all for these type of players that are, you know, very low risk on a contract basis. And at least if they were good at one point, although I will say at running back, it's, pretty apparent when you know they fall off that cliff you know it, it's a quick regression and I think Gurley's at that point so to me if they signed him I, I imagine it'd be a minimum deal and it's going to be 
you know, just see what he has left in the tank. And I hope it's not like an Adrian Peterson type of situation where there's obviously other running backs that are playing better, you know, and they're still trying to feed Gurley the ball or anything like that. If they, if they were to sign him, but um, I I'm not considering that the contract's going to be so low. I'm not really either one way or another. It's like at that, at that price point, who really cares? It's, it's more of just a body at this point, but he does carry a big name and that's why I provide so much hype. Classic, uh, classic Logan Lamarandia there. A very good answer. Also kind of covered both sides. He, he wouldn't mind him, but he also thinks he might be done. Uh, but you kind of hit on it at the end. Like I'm a name guy, you know, I, I, I like the name. There's no question. I also think he's got a nice skill set. He can run the football, catch it. He does have familiarity with GM. The guy's 26 years old. I mean, this isn't a 29, 31-year-old running back that's hit that spot in his career and, and they're ready to to roll him out of town. I mean, 26, 27 years old, bring him in for a couple years, uh, have him in the rotation. I mean, everybody acts like everybody's going to stay healthy all the time. I always say, hey, bring this guy in. Uh, if an injury happens, maybe he takes on a bigger role. If not... You know, use him in some packages, use him in the passing game, whatever it may be. I'm all about it just because it's one more body at running back, which is a position that you can almost never have enough, just like cornerback, so, which we will talk about here on this show. So I'm all about it, but hey, Todd Gurley, this goes out to you. Make a decision, bro. Let's go. Like, we're not going to wait around all day. You can't be cruising around all these teams like you got a big market out there. It's, it's probably one or two hand, small handful of teams. Let's go ahead and sign and get him in here. And I wouldn't mind if we got him in here in Detroit. So, everybody. Drink it in, man. Drink in that as well. Uh, one more quick thing, Logan. We got to get to these receivers and these corners. But I just want to give it up to you again. I always say it when you come on the show. You know, you're putting out articles. You also, every time I, I click my podcast feed, every once in a while it's popping up. Logan Lamarandier on the huge show all across the state of Michigan. And I gave your last appearance a listen. Great content. You know, probably a 15, 20-minute segment. But 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 I kind of want to talk about huge here for a minute. I mean, he was ultra positive, yet he kept saying... I'm not drinking the Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. I beg to differ, Huge. I feel like he was all about it. He's excited, as all fans are. So, Logan, I just want to give it up to you, man, another uh, pub for all the great work you're doing. As well as say, man, he's positive. Fans are positive. You seem pretty positive. I mean, lots going right with this team as we roll into the football season. Yeah, no, he, he was pretty positive. And, you know, I think there's plenty of reason for optimism. And it's just... Uh, there's a lot of things going on. I think there's still plenty of question marks uh, on this team, but if a few of them, if the Lions hit on a few of them, I think it could change a lot of things. And it's just, you can kind of see a path where the Lions could be, you know, like a maybe a 500 team. Now I'm not betting on that because again, like I said, there's going to have to be a lot of things that need to go right, but it seems like they could, or there's like the potentials there where it could happen. But, um, you know, it's this, the time of year. It's, it's optimism season, as fans should be. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> as a Lions fan, I mean, you kind of need this time of year to hit the reset button and, you know, just think about the what ifs. Like, if, if everything could happen the right way, maybe the Lions could actually be entertaining. And I think the Lions will be in a lot of games this year. I still don't necessarily see them a lot of wins, as we, you know, discussed the last time I was on your podcast about our – Win-loss projection. I think I had him at, what, six wins? <laughs> I had him at 12. 
<laughs> Cornbread! <laughs> uh, but yeah, everybody drink it in. I mean, just enjoy it as well as like Logan said. You know, he kind of always covers both sides of the, the the coin, and it's true. Like, you know, I, I serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid all day, every day here on the show, as well as on Twitter and different platforms. And it's like, yeah, I want to be optimistic. I want to be excited about my football team. And then when I know camp hits and preseason and the real season... We will see, but, I mean, the excitement's not going to die down because we're not going to have the Swiss cheese D. We're not going to have a coach that's going to stand there with his arms folded. We're not going to have the same old interviews with the same old QB, the same old skill players we've had a bunch of years. So it's going to be exciting regardless, and I think fans will be patient even if the wins and the great play doesn't come from day one. They just need to see you know progression from those young cats as well as yeah, give us something to cheer about, both in the stands and at home. So drink that in, everybody. Let's We can't mess around, but I'll serve you up one more glass before we get going. Drink it in, man. Logan, you ready to talk some wide outs here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk some dollars that make sense, man. These are in no particular order, but I did kind of have them based on, you know, what we're counting on. We'll kind of spend the most amount of time on the on the guys that we hope make a bigger impact but we'll just start right at Tyrell Williams I mean this guy got cut loose by the Raiders there he is 29 years old but I I did the average yearly amounts here I mean around four million dollars one year deal is what it really ended up being you know we saw some crazy numbers when it came out but that's the numbers I'm seeing and I feel like there's been positive reports coming out about what he's done. I've always liked his game. I think he is a bit older than I would normally like, but you can't have everybody be 22, 23, 25 years old um, at, at the wide receiver position. So I see him kind of as the Lions number one, and I see him being a kind of a mix between Kenny and Marv. What do you think about the dollars and cents when it comes to his contract as well as the player? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a good contract. And like you said, the initial – reports of how much he was getting uh were a little off and so you know it when the real numbers came out it was like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense because it's, it's really a one-year prove it type of deal and that's what he needs he needs to prove he can stay healthy and when he has been healthy he's been very productive and so for the lions to get that type of player at the price point they got him you know i'm, I'm totally good with that and um i also like he's 29 years old he's on a one-year deal uh that's where the lions that's kind of what the lions need to do right now. Cause they don't want to really down the line be tied up with aging players or anything like that. So for a rental type of player, it's great. If he can prove his worth and can stay healthy, you know, maybe they sign him for a, another couple years after this year. But uh, to me, it's just, um, you know, your classic prove it type of deal. And that's again, you're going to hear that with a lot of these players. That's the type of players the Lions need right now in the first year of a rebuild. Yep, no doubt about it. I think it's pretty evident that Brad Holmes uh, feels like he can find receivers any day of the week based on his comments in and during and after the draft as well as what he's done. I mean, wait till we get to some of these undrafted guys they brought in. And to me, it's a nice approach to take to to go after trenches, go after premier spots and know that you can find some diamonds in the rough at receiver. And you can also, you know, unless you have an absolute top premier wideout, you don't have to pay them, you know, 
15, 18, 20 plus million dollars is kind of the going rate these days. You can you can do it a different way, and I think he is. So let, let me go ahead. I'm going to bundle three guys together. We can spend a little time on, on this trio of guys. Perriman, 27 years old, 2.5 million on a one-year deal. You got Quintez Cifes, the fifth rounder, only 23 years old, $899,000, and he's signed till 2024. And then you got St. Brown, the kid in the fourth round, pick 112 overall, only 21 years old. Again, always look at those rookies and kind of see where they're at age-wise. That does make a difference. Uh, 856K on average, and he's signed up until 2025 under that rookie-type deal. Again, that's why they're so valuable, those draft picks, and that kid really seems to have the mentality. So kind of walk the people through of how you see these guys fitting both in the offense, but focus mostly on those dollars and cents, what you like, what you don't, about those three football players at the wide receiver position. Yep. So Perriman was a lot like Williams where, you know, small cap at 2.5. And I really like, you mentioned it already, where Brad Holmes – feels he's not overvaluing the receiver position because it is we talked about this in multiple podcasts and especially with Kenny Galladay that whole situation where you shouldn't overpay receivers because all the top paid receivers like in the NFL uh, or a good majority of them it's like they're not the ones that are carrying teams to Super Bowl they're putting up the stats they're making flashy catches and they sell jerseys but the wide wide receiver position you can get talent at a fraction of the cost and you can you know, that put that money elsewhere into more important positions. So I'm totally fine with this scenario. Eventually the Lions are going to have to get, you know, probably a premier receiver through the draft and hopefully not overpay for one in free agency. But um, yeah, Perriman, he's a guy who he's really, you know, when he came out into the draft, he was just super fast. Um, and that's, that's his game his speed. And now he does have a pretty bad case of the drops. He's not the most sure handed, but at, again, at his price point, it doesn't even really matter. And it's a one-year deal. So if he doesn't do anything, you're not on the hook long-term. It's just, just you're giving him a shot. So I like that Perriman signing. I like that it's speed. He can create separation. He's a deep threat. Like, that's that's great. That's what the Lions need. And then Cephas is, a, you know, kind of the opposite, where, you know, he's a decent athlete in terms of explosion. But, you know, and um, even his deep speed on film isn't, horrible it's not as bad as like the 470 ran at his at the combine or anything like that but on the rookie contract that's the best deal you're ever going to get like these rookie contracts in the later rounds if you can have a receiver that goes out there like Cephas and even like St. Brown you know if you give them enough volume they will make plays you know they're not um they're not going to be out in the field and not doing anything I, I think if you feed them the ball they will produce and it might not be as dynamic as other receivers you know especially other top receivers but they'll still be able to catch the ball and St. Brown is sure-handed and Cephas although he struggled with drops a little bit last year and in college he was at least pretty pretty good with the contested catches and you know making difficult grabs in traffic uh, I think those guys you, you can't complain about the rookie here or the rookie contracts because they're under a million dollars the cheapest players you're going to get and if St. Brown can come in and produce right away that's just going to be huge because he's going to get opportunities and you're going to have him on the cheap for four years so uh, all those guys uh you know Cephas and St. Brown more specifically it's like the Lions have them locked up and if they can produce this year they have a couple more years at least with a really nice contract in place 
I think Dan freaking Campbell had some really strong comments about St. Brown saying that he's just no nonsense coming out there looking the part from day one. I'm really starting to like this kid a lot. Um, seeing that video as well, they really had him pinpointed as not only their guy, but I know John Dorsey said he's the best blocker in the draft. He's not afraid to get after people. I think this kid's going to see the field really early. Cephas to me is the wild card. To me, uh, you know, people kind of sleeping on him or he's moving down the depth chart, but remember like there's not many solidified positions and he seems to be the guy making plays in all these mini camps and we heard a lot of buzz last year about him and then you didn't see him in the regular season probably because Matt Patricia didn't have any clue what he was doing and uh, didn't know who to put out on the football field uh, when it was all said and done so I think Cephas, if he could come out and play really well and they could make Cephas and St. Brown kind of their young pieces and then, you know, go ahead and solidify that position over the next couple of years, that'd be the best way to attack it, both money-wise and just talent-based. So those are kind of your top four guys. Now, after that, again, I'll bundle these next four together. Um, you know, we got... Uh, let's see who do I want to start with here I'll start with Geronimo <laughs> this guy like came in I liked him actually with that team that we don't like to speak of here on the show the old mozzarella sticks up there I like him and and then he just he opts out you know and now he's back but he's a bubble guy I mean 27 years old million dollars only a year left on this deal you got Ratley they brought him over 26 years old 920k again a one year tell me if that sounds familiar Victor Bolden, everybody's flavor of the week. Everybody's saying how no one can guard him. He's got all this shake. He's incredible. I mean, Victor Bolden's been around for how long? How many games has he ever played? How many plays has he ever made? Exactly. 26 years old, 850K, one year. And then this guy named Tom Kennedy, who just won't go away. I couldn't believe he's only 24 years old. What, he come in the league at like 19? Tom Kennedy seems like he's been around way too long. He never does anything. He's that little scat back... uh, you know, Wes Welker wannabe type receiver that they just got hanging out there. 660K one year. Can we please move on from Tom Kennedy, please? Nothing against you personally, Tom, but I've seen enough. We can get somebody else in here, please. Uh, what do you think about those four guys, dollars and cents wise, as well as talent? Bundle them together and don't spend too much time on Tom Kennedy, please. Yeah, they're, they're all cheap <laughs> options and they're all cheap options for a reason. I know Bolden's been hyped up recently during you know the mini camp and OTAs but you know as you mentioned he's been in the league for a few years now maybe he's just a late bloomer but uh there's always one receiver like every single year in Lions camp that you know is kind of just lighting it up or talking about you know everyone's talking about how well they're playing and then once they get into the games or like preseason it's just like they're non-existent so uh, he Bolden's probably that guy <laughs> hoping obviously for the best that he can turn into something and contribute, but I, I'm not expecting it, but really all those guys you mentioned are just like, okay, yeah, maybe they'll make the roster. Maybe they won't, but uh, I really, <laughs> the lions have to probably keep at least five receivers. So in all likelihood, one of those guys will make the team, but they're probably not going to see the field much. My thought is if Bolden shows out like you with Bolden and Ratley, Ratley for special teams and whatever, but I mean, they're all depth guys. They're all way down the depth chart, but these are the guys I want to talk about. We got to get our great sponsors in here and take commercial break. 
But the Lions went big in undrafted free agency at the wide receiver position. Again, another stroke of genius, in my opinion, by Brad Holmes. He waits till the draft. He only gets his boy St. Brown. Then he goes big. He gets McKinley, who's only 23 years old, $813,000. Again, these undrafted contracts, too. If he balls out or, or does what he needs to do, they could have him under contract till 2024. You've got Adams, again, another guy getting some buzz. These guys getting buzz. 811000 2024. And a bigger name, Sage Sherratt from Wake Forest. You saw in the video the Lions are really trying to get him as their number one target. He had some college production, but he has some holes in his game as well. 23 years old, 808,000 until um, 2024. I, I could see one or two of these these guys making the roster as well as being a really nice dice roll in a rebuild, as you said, and guys that have some talent, man. I think they're going to flash a little bit, both in camp and the preseason. What do you think? Yeah, all three of them are, are nice pickups. Uh, I really like Jonathan Adams quite a bit just because of his ability to make spectacular catches you know his highlight reel is pretty nice but then yeah he does has his flaws there's a reason he went on drafts and all these guys have their flaws say Gerard was very productive but yet you know running a four seven uh, would be an incredible outlier yes there are exceptions to the rule but anytime a receiver's running four seven you know not many of them make it in the NFL but he does have some nice qualities and all these guys even if they don't make a team the practice squad is still there to keep developing these guys and see if they're able to improve and just get better. So I, I'm, I'm totally fine with all those, you know, flyers on these younger players, at least to be on the practice squad. And if they can you know, prove differently in uh, training camp or even the preseason games, like go for it and keep them around. But uh, at the very least, uh, you know, they got some tools to work with and the Lions just need to see if they can get the best out of them. Let's do this. We're about to take a break, but I'm going to put you on the spot, which I like to do on the show. We're going to have you be able to keep six receivers. I'm going to give you uh, T. Will, Perriman, Cephas, and St. Brown. And I'm going to let you pick two other guys from that, that bottom group that make this Lions roster at the receiver position. Now, they may not keep six. They may go with more. It depends who the other two you're going to take out of that group. So, I don't. did we mention Khalif Raymond? I um, you know, he provides some special teams value. So I could see him and slot value. I think he could potentially make the team. Um, but if it was up to me and I had to choose, you know, my guys, I, as of right now, you know, Victor Bolden, just with what he's done, it's like, all right. Yeah. Like I'd like to keep him around, but we'll, again, we'll see once preseason comes around, if he's the same player that has been talked about the past couple of weeks. And then I already talked about Jonathan Adams, a bigger body guy and just seems um, like he has some potential there. So those, those would be my two. Okay. Yep. And you're right. Uh, missed the other guy I had Ratley and, and, and what is it? Raymond is the other cat. Yeah. Khalif Raymond. Yeah. And it's like, they almost sound and, and feel the same to me. So I, I only <laughs> had one of them on my list, but I I'm with you. If I had to go to more, it's, it's probably Ratley for me. Um, is Ratley the faster one of the two? 
Or is that uh, Raymond? They're both pretty. Yeah, I think Ratley, in terms of 40 time, um, was faster than Raymond. Yeah. I can't remember. I think he had, might have a little though. more juice. And you know how they like to go special teams heavy at the bottom. So I'm probably going to go him. And then, I don't know, the way they like Sage Sherrod. I know what you said, but his brother's in the league. He might just have that mentality where he could just come in here and be a nice possession receiver um, for this team and, 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 and be a depth guy. So I, I'd throw that out and maybe watch for Sage Sherrod to possibly make it but i agree with you adams is fun to watch and uh like i said i used to like geronimo uh but he seems like he's uh falling off the cliff you know what i'm saying no pun intended there um but uh let's go ahead and take our break we'll get our sponsors in here and we come back i mean we got to talk some corners we're talking wide receivers we got to talk about the guys that cover those people so so happy to have logan lamarand here from sports illustrated on everybody we'll be right back Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I am fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about reality sports online fantasy front office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league it just requires more strategy do you think you're among the fantasy elite well this is the platform to test your metal still not sure you can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction so here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody, we're back. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Go check out realitysportsonline.com. Don't be like Logan Lamarandier. Jump in some fantasy leagues. Uh, have some fun with it and, and, and prove that you are the best GM out there. Go to realitysportsonline.com. And, Logan, before we jump into it, man, kind of give the people an overview of what you've been writing for Sports Illustrated, all Lions, as well as the other uh, Lions projects and what you got your hands in these days. 
Yeah. So right now I'm just currently going over the roster by position and kind of, you know, projecting starters and talk about depth and you know possibilities of uh, just how certain position groups will use. So it's kind of just, even though I'm calling it like my starter projection series, it's more so just breaking down each position group. Cause uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to talk about as, as you can tell, you know, we just talked about the receiver group for what, like a half hour. <laughs> oh yeah. Barely got into it too. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we were just scratching the surface there. So um, that's mostly what I'm doing right now. And everybody go check that out. I know I did uh, catch that first uh, article you put out. Great stuff. As well as, like I say, the Lions are at 90-plus players here in the offseason, and it's crazy that they got to basically get down to that 53, 51 number on, you know, uh, before you know it. So, like, half these guys are going to be gone, basically, and we're trying to figure out who and talk about why and all that good stuff. So, again, in this Dollars That Makes Sense series, I really feel like Brad Holmes, Dan freaking Campbell are – they're sneakily putting together a nice young, you know, good salary cap type of roster. Now, is it ready for prime time right this moment? I mean, I don't know, but as we said off the top, we think it's going to be exciting to see them come out and play. It's going to feel different as well as, I mean, they, they may surprise some people, both with the talent they do have and, and ones that are sleeping on. And we're going to talk about one of those big names right here at the cornerback position. And that's Jeff Okuda, 22 years old. I was a little bit surprised by the average yearly amount. I know he did go number three overall, but he's at $8.3 million per. I mean, we need a lot more than we got from him last year. He seems a lot more comfortable. He also was reported as being a lot more yakking out on the football field. Like, you could tell he was really buttoned up last year. He is a serious guy, but reports are that he's the loudest guy out there, both on and off the field. I think he's really finding himself we got him till 2025 and I need this guy to be a lockdown corner in years two three and beyond like Slay was so where are you at with Okuda right now and 8.3 million on average yeah I mean so I, I with that rookie contract that that is one of the downsides of picking a corner you know third overall is just because that contract that comes with it it's not as good of a deal as other positions but still even the cornerback position, I feel like it's getting pricier and pricier by the year as, uh, you know, that position becomes more and more valuable in the passing league. So uh, as far as the contract goes, yeah, it wasn't great value at all last year. But if the new coaching staff, there's, there's a lot of different things going in Akuta's favor for him to really have a nice jump in year two. And I expect that. You know, I was a big fan of Akuta coming into the draft. It was totally fine taking him at, at pick three and then just <laughs> – that defense he was in last year did him no favors, had a really rough stretch of uh, some of the top receivers he was going against, was dealing with a sports hernia um, and just no pass rush. So he was literally probably in the worst possible spot you could be in for a rookie corner last year. And I almost by default, he can't get much worse than last year. I, I think at least this year, if he can be an average corner, it, when looking at the salary compared to the type of player it is, I think it'll match up a lot better. I, I'm going to use my Benny Blade soundbite here for a minute because me and him on Believe in Lions just talk a ton about Mr. Okuda. And I think this year the Lions fans are going to have a lot of one pride in Mr. Okuda. What pride? That's what I'm talking about, Benny. I think he's going to be much better on the field. What pride? 
I think this guy is going to lock up and has show a little bit of swagger like he had in college where it was like, you can't run past me. You're not going to get the football. And if you do, I'm going to lay the lumber on you. What right? What right? Exactly, Benny. And Mr. Okuda, as Benny said, he's got to live up to that number three pick, kind of like Benny Blades was. What right? And... I just think we're going to be really proud of this guy. And, Logan, I'm proud of you because when I started saying 8.3 and then I threw it to you, I'm like, 8.3 is still a steal for a top-end corner. So if this guy's like a, a number one for the Lions this year, I mean, you're, you're saving about 8 to $10 million bucks uh, when it's all said and done, when this guy's hopefully a pro bowler and a, a top corner. So I, I'm all about it. There's no question. I'll do kind of like I did on the receivers. I'll bundle a couple of these guys, the next three together, and let you talk about them. Um, the first guy, Quentin Dunbar, 28 years old, 1.1 million per. I mean, this guy, I like him coming in. I'm curious. He's another wild card for me. Is he going to be really good or is he just going to be that guy again that I'm excited about? And then he comes out and shows he can't play. We got Corn Elder. Um, you know, again, if I'm going to bring up Benny Blades, I might as well say that Corn Elder, I mean, he's from the U. Got to get that bit in. And while I'm getting bits in, I might as well talk about A.O. Oh, baby. You guys know who he is. A.O. over there at the corner. I'm a little worried about A.O. He's 25 years old, making 710K per, which is nothing. But it seems like the Lions might be not as high, or this guy might be sliding down the depth chart. I know fans are real excited thinking that him and Okuda might be one too. But again, based on that rookie video I saw, they love them some iffy. We'll get to him in a minute. They said he might be a starting outside corner, so I could see him uh, replacing my guy AO before it's done, or Dunbar maybe starting out there. Logan, what do you think about these three guys? Yeah, so Dunbar, I mean, last year he was traded for a fifth-round pick to Seattle from Washington, and I know he had a lot of stuff, off-the-field stuff going on that kind of made things interesting and maybe that could explain why he wasn't great last year but I was all in on Quentin Dunbar and the Lions going after him when there was trade speculation when he was still in Washington that's and right that was your guy I forgot about that he was because he was good in Washington and he is the prototypical size and speed you know he just a lot to like about him and considering that they got him for just a little over a million dollars again going back to that rental type or approve it type of deal I think that's a steal for him. And if he can be anything like he was in Washington, he's going to far outplay that contract he got this year. And he's hoping that he can obviously parlay that into a nicer, you know, contract next off season. So I'm, I'm still high on Dunbar. I still, I've seen what he can do and I think it's there. And just last year, there was a lot going on where it just wasn't a good year for him. So I'm hoping he can put it together and maybe if he shows something, the Lions can sign him to an extension. But at the same time, I'm, I like RURAA. Yeah, he has some limitations. Um, but he's still, you know, he's on that rookie fifth-round rookie contract, which is under a million dollars a year. And that's you can't beat that if he can be just an average starter. And I, he's going into year three, so he only has got a couple more years left. But. Uh, really like he he showed some ball hawking ability in his rookie year it was really hot and cold last year I felt like he got better where he was a lot more consistent and he just didn't seem like his head was spinning he wasn't out of place all the time um so I I think there's a lot to like about RORA still but you like you said they 
although at the same time, you can never have too many corners, but the Lions did bring in other guys that could supplant RORA from a starting spot. So, uh, and then, oh, you mentioned Corn Elder as well, right? Um, what's interesting is I thought Elder would be penciled in as the starter from day one in the slot, and Michael Ford has been that guy so far. So with Corn Elder, again, he's, he's been a special teamer for the most of his career, uh, basically up until last year. And the Lions need special teamers, and they also need guys who can fill in at corner when the injuries will eventually happen. And Cornell, there's showed last year that he can play decently well there. So it's uh, I'm totally fine with Cornell, there's contract. Anytime you're under a million bucks, it's like, what do you got to lose type of thing? That's just you know the minimum contract you can give out. Exactly. Now, as I often say, when you get done, I agree with almost everything. Good take by you. But I, but I do got a beef with you, and it's this. I, I come on, I play the funny drops, I give my nicknames for all these guys. I, 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 t- I talk about AO. You guys know who he is. Oh, baby! And, and I feel like you're trying to show me up, Logan Nightmareindeer. You come on the show, you're pronouncing the full O-U-R-E-A all day long, showing off your pronunciation skills. I mean, it's A-O here on the show on the Kool-Aid cast. Oh, baby! Is that what we're doing? Are you trying to show me up here on my show? No, I need to start calling him A-O. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a mouthful, but I just always get so used to calling him one name. That's just what I go with. It's hard, it's hard habit to break. You do well with it. I feel like every time I go for his first name, too, I always want to go with Armani, or and it's Amani. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't get it right either way. So AO always works for me. I, like, you know what I see, too, is other reporters love to go with the full pronunciation of Hal Vitae's first and last name. I mean, you, you want to talk about showing off. I mean, come on now. Yeah, that one, I mean, it's just, it's kind of like my last name. It's, it's just too long. <laughs> Hal Vitae just rolls off the tip of the tongue way easier. <laughs> My other guy, Joey, from the Believe Podcast Network that comes on here, his last name is Christopolis, and he decided that was a good Instagram handle. I'm like, you know nobody can spell that. <laughs> you know what I mean? He tries to play it off as uh, Christ of Fish or something ridiculous. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, you you need to go with, like, at Joey Believe or something, not not uh, Joey and then your full last name. I mean, that's like somebody would put Lamarandir as their Twitter handle. I mean, come on now. What idiot would do that? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, this is a perfect transition. I didn't even mean to do it. But let's talk about Ify Melifanwu. I mean, I, I haven't I don't have his Twitter handle right in front of me, but I'm assuming it's it's hopefully Ify with some number behind it rather than Melifanwu. But the Lions have some crazy good names, and I think this kid, I'm getting more fired up about him. I mean, he's wearing the number 26. He looks like a corner safety to me. He's long. He can flip his hips. To me, like, this guy could be a starting corner for this team before you know it. I really like his size, athleticism, and just what he brings to the table. Really mature kid as well. So I I don't think he's signed or I didn't get back to the, the rookie portion to see what his estimated is, but 
again, a late third rounder is like in that million dollar range on average. And 2025, you got this kid. I really see big time upside. You mentioned Michael Ford. We've dubbed him the windsock here on the show. If he's just flapping in the breeze while everybody is running past him or running around him or running uh, right across his face, the guy just looks like a, he's just lost in the uh, flapping in the air when the ball's up over top of his head. I'm not a fan of Mike Ford whatsoever. He can continue to stick around. I think they even gave him another contract. I mean, do you see something from these two guys? I mean, you had Ford in the slot. If he seems like an outside, I would love it if they used Iffy at safety. So, again, we're talking more about dollars and cents. So just kind of you got to feel good about Iffy's deal. I'm really not that happy with Mike Ford at 25, making 1.2 million. I figure I'd go get almost anybody that could play better than Mike Ford at this point. Well, it is kind of crazy that. Mike Ford is making more than Quentin Dunbar this year. Uh, it doesn't make a whole exactly. lot of sense. But, hey, Michael Ford's that guy Dunbar, that they I love guess. because because he runs down on kicks and says yes to everything. But it's like, but he's not good at football. That's the problem. <laughs> right. So yeah, with with Ford, you know, he's a nice prospect. He was a nice prospect, and maybe he's still developing. Because but he does have some size and speed. But yeah, there's just there's been so much film on him where he's played okay but then he's never really stood out so to me he's just one of the he's he's a guy and <laughs> I, I don't I don't mind the contract of 1.2 million because it's not like it's anything crazy but at the same time it's because you know, Mike I, Ford. I think his biggest value is probably on special teams Oh, I'm going to let you get away with that here on the show because I know you don't like to beat these guys up, but, I mean, it's Mike Ford, everybody. I mean, come on. Like uh, like you said, he had a little buzz coming out of school. We've seen enough from this guy. I mean, he makes a couple plays a year and, and runs down uh, the field for touchbacks. I mean, congratulations. So talk about Iffy, man. Let's get into him. I want to hear your thoughts on him. Yeah, so really his kind of – I don't know – I don't so, even know say the say the full name. I, just I really to... don't even pay attention to rookie contracts. They're already <laughs> they're basically set with what they get anyways. So I always find it amazing that everyone's like announcing every contract that's signed. Like, yes, you know the contract is going to be signed eventually. The only time it's news is I feel like if it's a holdout. But anyways, uh yeah, with Melfon, I he's a guy, he's your typical like longer, taller corner, uh, has good explosion, but then you look at you know, as is most common with these taller, longer corners, it's like you you don't really want to see them against little shifty players. But I think in the right scheme, if they use Melifonu correctly, and I think the Lions will run a lot of, you know, man press and some cover three, I think he has some really likable traits. And just his size is something you can't teach. Uh, his athleticism, he's not overly fast, but he is explosive. Uh, I I feel like there's a lot of people out there that actually give him more credit for his athleticism. I think it's just because he's so big that he's athletic as he is for his size. But um, I'm kind of lukewarm on him where they got him in the draft. I was more than good with it, because I kept seeing him projected at like early day two. I didn't see that, but in the, at the end of day two, yeah, I think that was a steal. So he's a little bit more of a developmental piece in my mind. Um, And the Lions look like so far early on in training or OTAs and mini camp that they're going to be bringing him along slowly. And fortunately they have some guys ahead of him that he can kind of sit back and learn. And if his numbers called upon him, we can see what he has. 
Logan, before we move forward, do you, do you want to just impress the people and and say if he's for full first and last name for the for the audience out there? Ifitu Malafanwu, I think it is. I don't. Know. <laughs> man, I, I just I, started calling him Ify. Like I said, man, <laughs> once I get on track with calling a guy a name, I just stick with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think you nailed it. Now the jury is still out on the Lions cornerbacks. <laughs> I mean, I think I've detailed that I just think, you know, Mike Ford is, is he, he's just not a fit. It doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> we, we must acquit Mike Ford of this football team and any other team. I mean, and everybody knows that under Matt Patricia, I mean, the truth is the cornerbacks and the defense were just horrible. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't <laughs> handle the truth. I couldn't handle the Lions' corners the past couple years, but we got some ballers now. Like, based on who we talked about, we'll get to the guys at the bottom. Do you feel better about this group? Because I feel like there's better depth, better youth, better upside, better athleticism right now. Yeah, there's a lot of upside with this group. And Dunbar, even though he's not a younger player, it's there's still they got him for really cheap and he has still potential to be to well outplay the contract. And looking at uh a Fitu or a Fat no, it's actually a Fatu. It's a Fatu Malafanmu. I just go. totally butchered that, I think, the first time now that I'm saying it out loud. Um w- between Malafanmu, Aruarie, and Akuda, I between those three guys, it's some nice younger players that I think will look a lot better in a new defensive scheme. And that's one of the biggest question marks is what the secondary is going to look like with actually having a pass rush and not being so predictable, just running man every time and out on an Island just left to get toasted by top receivers. <laughs> um, I do. I I'm really excited. I think I might be most excited out of any position group on the entire roster about the cornerbacks because they're younger and I want to see them actually in a decent situation. Absolutely. And everybody, I mean, you got to know Logan Lamarineer is just rolling in laughter with my with my jury and my my court clips. I'm sure everybody else was when we put Justin Fields on the stand a few weeks ago. Me and Joey from the Believe Podcast Network had some fun with that. And the reason we have fun with it, because, I mean, up until this year, I mean, the Lions corners just had no chance. No chance. That's what you got. <laughs> oh. My goodness, Logan. Speaking of no chance, I mean Alex Brown, Jacobs, undrafted kid, AJ Parker. I mean that's kind of what we're looking at when we look at the bottom end of corners. All you know, Brown, seven hundred eighty k, only twenty four years old on a one year. Jacobs, undrafted kid, twenty three years old, eight hundred eight. Could have him up till 2024, but I'm not sure he makes the roster. I do like some of his swagger. And then A.J. Parker, a guy I've really barely never heard of, 23 years old, 811,000. Um, I think he's another undrafted guy, but I couldn't tell you a thing about him. So any thoughts on those guys before we get up out of here? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know I mean, much about these guys. It's And what I do you... pride myself and knowledge about you know these deep depth players but all three of those guys i really couldn't tell you much about them so i could probably sum up their chances of making the roster i don't know maybe with a sound drop yeah yeah no chance 
<laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, people. I mean, uh, I, I just don't see it from any of these guys. I can't give you any Kool-Aid, any buzz, nothing. But, Logan, before we close it up, I just want to hit you with this. So I want you to educate me here on the show. I mean, I'm looking at the, the cap. And, and based on spot track, it had the Lions around like $202 million right now, which we know is, is you know, over the salary cap based on it being lower this year. But it also said it's a projected the top 51, they'd be at $178 million. So you basically go from when you break it all down, it looks like right now they're around $5 million over when, it's, when you do all the dollars and cents. But when they project it forward, they could be about $18 million under. I mean, I need you to make sense of this for me if you can. I mean, I, I love the numbers. I, I love the roster building, but I can't really get a, my head around where the Lions are at with the cap. So hit me up with that. We'll close up this show. And then I'm fortunate enough again where I twisted your arm. I'm going to get you back on the Friday show, and we're talking tight ends and safety. So that should be fun as well. Oh, yeah. No, it will be. And uh, So, yeah, just really quick on the salary cap. Right now with 90 players on the roster – the Lions are only on the hook uh, towards the salary cap for their top 51 most expensive contracts. So okay. that's really all it is. And that's around 135 million they have right now on their top 51. But then they have like over $40 million of dead cap because of the Stafford trade and then all the p- former Bob Quinn players that Holmes cut. So you add all that up. Um, and yes, there's 53 players on a roster, but typically your 52nd and 53rd player are going to be, you know, $600,000 a year type of players. So they're not going to cost much. And there's probably going to be some of those top 51 contracts that don't make the final roster. So they're going to be cheaper. So really every time the Lions add, I think that cutoff right now is like just under a million. If the Lions add any player that's under a million dollars, they're not even going to go towards the salary cap right now. So that's where that $18 million worth of space, which is actually still a lot considering the salary cap situation that COVID brought on. The Lions are still top 10 in the league for, for cap space. So they do. They have money to work with. But at the same time, next year is going to be probably when the Lions are more active in free agency. And you can roll over whatever space or whatever remaining cap you had this year into next year. So it helps them to to be frugal with their money, not just wasted on players um, because they get to use that money next year. All right. So for the fans out there, you're saying they're around 15, 18, but you know, when it's all said and done, it's kind of where they're at. Yeah. So again, projections, you know, you have to project who's going to be on the 53 man roster to start the season. And uh, yeah, that's, that's probably going to be right around, you know, $17 million. Uh, okay. Again, a lot can change, though. Okay. And like you said, I mean, I agree with you. They shouldn't go out and just spend up to the cab, and, and everybody's going to, there's going to be a couple vets and stuff that get cut loose. You got to be real selective. But hey, when we get to the safeties on Friday, as well as some of these other positions on the team, it, it is a bit thin at some spots. So I, I wouldn't mind them picking up another another vet, another guy that can go out and start from day one if they feel it's, it's right and if it's the right fit and they get culture guy, all that type of stuff. So everybody, I mean, drink that in, everybody. That that That's wide receivers and corners for you. Drink it in, man. Everybody go give Logan a follow on Twitter. We joked about it earlier. L 
Lamarandier on Twitter, always putting out great Lions content, and we love having him on the show. I mean, he's big time. He's out there on a huge show. He's putting out great things all over um, Sports Illustrated and other platforms, but having him... You know, every few weeks, every four or five weeks here on the show, on the Kool-Aid cast, talking Lions. I mean, it's just a great time. So, Logan, appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, as always. Uh, Talk soon. Absolutely, everybody. That's it for the Kool-Aid cast. Check us Friday, where Logan's coming back. Tight ends and safeties on dollars. That makes sense. Everybody, take care. We'll see you then. Drink it in, man. Cornbread! 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 Drink it in.